Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. We're in a series entitled Life Hacks, and um, Life Hacks is a strategy or a technique. If you haven't, don't, don't know what the uh, title is, because I didn't know it when, this, when we were talking about it at staff. I said, I don't know what a life hack is. And they said, well, a life hack is a strategy or a technique adopted in order to manage one's time and daily activities in a more efficient way. And so with all the kids starting back to school, parents getting back into routine, we decided to do a little three-week series called Life Hacks. In this sermon series, we're going to discuss, discuss the different biblical strategies and techniques that can improve your life. Today, I want to focus on an opportunity on how we can manage or how we can improve and find more fulfillment in our marriages. The healthier your marriage, the healthier your family will be. Kids have a great sense to know when parents are doing well or when they're not doing well. A healthy marriage will set the tone for the rest of your family. I truly believe that. If there's peace in the marriage, guess what? There's peace in the family. If there's joy in the marriage, guess what? Most of the time, there's joy in the family. The marriage actually sets the tone for the family. You're basically doing what we've talked about as our vision statement for this church. You're creating an environment to see what God can do through you. A healthy marriage creates an environment for a healthy family. If you're here today and you're, you're single, I'd encourage you to apply the truths that I'm about ready to share today to other relationships in your life. Literally, this life hack that I will be sharing can be applied to all different types of relationships. A relationship with a boss, a co-worker, a friend, whoever it might be. The principles transcend even through from marriage. The life hack that I want to discuss today is honor. Honor. By showing honor, you can transform your marriage. By showing honor, you can transform a friendship or a relationship by showing honor. We don't talk about honor in the church much. When I grew up, there was constant talk about honor. Today, we don't talk about honor in the church. And yet, the Bible talks about it, and so we're going to talk about it today. So the first step in having a godly marriage is to honor God. I know this sounds really simple and obvious, but honoring God is vital to a healthy marriage. The Apostle Paul, in his letter to Timothy, his very first letter to Timothy... He was sharing about a wonderful grace that God had shown him. This is the Apostle Paul. If you don't know, the Apostle Paul was mentoring this young man named Timothy who was pastoring a church. And he's mentoring and he sends him a letter. And we have the great privilege of having that letter today in the Bible. But the Apostle Paul writes this letter to Timothy about the wonderful grace that God had shown him. How God had taken a persecutor, speaking of himself, Apostle Paul is talking about himself, how God had taken a persecutor, a violent man, and showed him great grace and mercy. And the power of God changed Paul's life. He was encouraging Timothy that the same power that took him, who was a persecutor, a Pharisee, who was destroying the Christians, that same power that changed his life is the same power that can fulfill the mission and the vision that was spoken over Timothy's life by his, by his grandmother and by his mother and by other people. You see, they had different lives. The Apostle Paul he grew up as a Pharisee, became the persecutor against the church. God had to go arrest him on the road to Damascus. Timothy was this young man that sounds like he grew up in church. He loved, he was a believer. 
and he had prophecies that were spoken over his life that he was going to be this great leader, this great pastor. But you see, the power of God works in both lives. Amen. And that's what the Apostle Paul was telling Timothy. That, that Timothy, stay the course. Stay on faith. Because at that time, many people were starting to fall away from the faith. The faith of Jesus Christ. Paul said, him, stay the course. Hold truth. Hold to the truth that Jesus Christ came to save the world from sin. Don't let go of your faith in Jesus. And in the middle of this discourse, this letter that Paul is writing to Timothy, Paul writes these words, 1 Timothy 1.17. I love this scripture. It says, now to the eternal king, or the king eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your word today, and I pray right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, that your word will come alive, and that only comes by your presence, by your anointing. I pray, God, that your word will touch the hearts and the minds of everyone that sits here, including myself, that, God, we will leave changed, Lord God, by the power of your word. Thank you for your presence being in this place today, and we give you glory in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Paul's declaration of God to Timothy is powerful and it's amazing. It goes beyond the temporary. Everything that we actually experience right now is really temporary in, in so many ways. Paul declares God's sovereignty or authority as eternal, with no beginning, no ending. His authority always has been and always will be. Paul declares that God is immortal and indestructible with no possibility that God will ever perish. He declares God is invisible. Why, why, would they, why would that be so important? Because back in those days, and we do it the same in today's, it's just a different format, they created their gods. They made their gods out of wood and stone, and they worshiped those gods. Now, we make other gods in our lives, and we worship those things. It's another message. I'm not going to go down that road. I don't have time today. But the reason that Paul said invisible is because he wanted them to know that this is a God that you did not make. He created you. Very different. Paul declares that God is as the only God. In contrast to the popular belief that there is many, many, many gods of that day, the multitude of God, there's only one true God. And then look at Paul's powerful conclusion that God would be given honor and glory forever and ever. The Greek word that Paul used to describe honor is defined as value or price so when you think about honor in the greek it really also describes it can be translated as value or price what value when we talk about honor honoring god what value do you place on god how valuable is god in your life you only honor something that has great value something that is significant for example that same greek word is used, the same Greek word that we found in 1 Timothy 1.17 is the same Greek word that is used in Matthew chapter 27 when Matthew states that Jesus was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Let me read the scripture to you, Matthew 27.9. This fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah that says, when Jesus was sold by Judas for 30 pieces of silver, this fulfilled the prophecy of Jeremiah that says, they took the 30 pieces of silver, the price, that word price is the same word that you would have for honor, okay? The price at which he was valued by the people of Israel. 
And I'm going somewhere here today on honor. Because you see, Judas, the Israelites, gave up Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. That was what they valued Jesus as. You see, they didn't see Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They didn't see Jesus as the Savior of the world. They sold him for 30 pieces of silver. People didn't recognize the value of Jesus. They didn't view him as the Son of God. Therefore, they didn't honor him. Honor, price, value. I want you to get into that, that into your head because it's important that whatever we value, we're going to honor. When we honor God, guess what? We honor God because he's valuable in our lives. Jesus stated these words. A prophet has no honor in his own hometown. John, in John chapter 4, verse 44. Which I believe is referencing Jesus choosing not to go back to Nazareth because he'd already experienced that he couldn't do very many miracles in Nazareth because there was no honor or faith to believe that faith in Jesus. They didn't have the faith in Jesus, the Son of God, that he could do something. So he couldn't perform very many miracles. This is Jesus, the Son of God. I share that because I want you to understand how important it is to honor. When you honor, guess what? It opens up the doors for you in your life. When you honor God, it's going to open up the opportunity for God's presence to be greater in your life than ever before. Guess what? When you honor something, you feel welcome. Have you ever been to a place where you don't feel honored? Have you ever been to a place where you don't feel welcomed? I have. I feel like, man, I'm so out of place right now here. Man, I, I, I know something. But I don't feel honored. It's very hard. Jesus wouldn't even go back to his hometown because he didn't feel honored. Man, if you want God in your life, honor him. Show him respect. Value him. We're going somewhere here today, guys. Come on, somebody. I don't know if I've been called baby lately, but man, there it was right there. No, I like it right there. I like it. I like it. You just keep going. I'm, 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 you're into it. I love it. Woo! Paul, think about this. Oh, no, don't be sorry. I'm spending, I know I'm spending a long time on honor, defining honor. But I believe you'll soon understand why. Because what you honor signifies what you value. Paul valued Jesus to the point of sacrificing his own life for the cause of Christ. Catch that. Think about that. He valued, he honored Jesus to the point that the apostle Paul was beheaded for the cause of Christ. He would not deny the goodness, the gospel of Jesus Christ. He would not deny it. He would not stop preaching and sharing about the goodness of Jesus Christ because that's what he was called to do. He honored his Savior. You see, in society, we're having a hard time honoring. But the first step in achieving a healthy and vibrant marriage is to honor God. Because when you honor God, when you learn how to honor God, then you will value the gifts that he has given to you. That was a really powerful point that you might just have missed real quickly. But I don't want you to miss it because I think it can be life-changing. When you start honoring God, then the gifts that he starts to give you, you will value because those gifts are given to you by God. That's 
So good. Second step. Second step in having a healthy marriage. Honor God, honor marriage. How can you ever achieve a healthy and great marriage if you don't honor the sanctity and holiness of marriage? In society today, we are devaluing marriage every minute of the day. The commitment of marriage is looked down upon by many people. Many people feel like the idea of commitment through marriage is what actually destroys relationships in the first place. Therefore, they don't value marriage. I've heard that over and over and over again. Is that, man, everything was good until I got married. But I want to declare to you today that is just a lie from the enemy. It's just a lie from the enemy. Don't believe the lie. Don't buy in. For many people, values catch this thought. I'm throwing it out here today. I'm going to step on some toes. Values have less significance than feelings. For many people in society today, values have less significance than feelings. They direct their lives by how they feel, not by what they value. That is a recipe for disaster. To to, to direct your life by your feelings instead of by your values. Listen to this verse in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 4. Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to the one for, to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Give honor to marriage, the sanctity of marriage, the, the institution of marriage. The reason that marriage are, is being destroyed is because people no longer honor the sanctity of marriage. If it feels right, great. If it doesn't, I'm out of here. Boy, it's quiet, please. Consequences seem to no longer matter. Accept the consequences and move on. We see this in all aspects of society. People no longer honor leadership. They no longer honor the church. They no longer honor marriages. They no longer honor families. Can I share when that's all started? It's when we stopped honoring God. That's when it started. The lack of honoring leadership. Man, we see it. Man, when I was a kid, I would have never, I don't care if the president was the worst president in the world, you would honor the president. I'm just being, and there's nothing that's honoring, I don't care what your belief is in here today, I don't care about if you, you like President Trump or you don't like President I'm just talking about the office that was given. We honored. Pastors, you used to honor pastors. Today, man, there's hardly any honor for a pastor. I mean, it's like one of the lower things on the, oh, you're a, pa- you're a pastor, okay honor so what do we expect to get out of something if we don't honor it do you follow me on that if we if we don't honor leadership do you think you're going to have great leadership no if you don't honor your husband do you think you have a great husband no if you don't honor your wife do you think you have a great wife no you what you honor something you value something guess what you invest into it honor it's something that we've lost in our society, and we need, gain back. we need to gain it back in our lives because honor can change everything, and honor can change your marriage. So many times we value self over value of God. We base our decisions on selfish desires and not godly, godly desires. I know I'm speaking real truth here today. I know I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm sorry. I just have a hard time sugarcoating things. I just can't do it. 
The life hack for a successful marriage is to honor God and to honor the institution of marriage that is designed by God. Marriage is a covenant, not just between a man and a, and a woman, but it's a covenant between you and God. Will you honor your promise before God? Think about this. The covenant that, made, that, that God made to Abraham eventually cost the life of his only, his only son. I want to talk about how hard it is sometimes to keep a covenant. God made a covenant to Abraham. Abraham, because of your faith, you're going to be the father of many nations. It's going to take place. For God to keep that covenant with Abraham, it cost the life of his one and only son, Jesus Christ. Because Jesus had to come from heaven to earth to die on the cross to set us free from all sin. It was a covenant that had to be kept. God kept his covenant. See, so many times we make covenants and we want no sacrifice. There is nothing in the Bible that talks about that. You can't find it in the Bible. Covenant. Honor. When you honor something, you value it. When you value something, you will fight for it. You will fight for it. You will fight for it. I remember, I don't know why this popped in my head, but it did. I still remember my dad was a preacher, pastor. And I remember sitting as a little kid on the wood pews, by the way. No pads, they were wood. <laughs> my head gets so sore when I slept on that pew after a while. Just, whew. And I remember the one time my dad, because he honored God, honored his family. He said none of his kids will never, will ever not serve the Lord. He said, if it requires me going to hell and back, I'm going to do that. And I'm going, what, Dad? Jesus already did it. Why do you have to do that? You don't have to do that. But he was making a point that he's going to fight for his family. We have to fight for our marriages. We have to fight for the things that we value in our life. Be faithful and honor the covenant and the institution of marriage. Don't speak badly about marriage to your friends. Don't downgrade marriage when someone asks you. Speak highly of marriage. I've met so many Christian people when they start talking about it. I might have been one. I don't think I ever had though, babe. I don't think I've done that. But maybe I have. I don't know. And all of a sudden they start talking, about, oh yeah, marriage, all that old ball and chain. And they start talking about marriage as being a bad thing. Well, why would anybody want to ever enter into marriage if all you hear is negative about it? There's no honor for it. So why would you want it? we got to change the environment that's out in society regarding the area of marriage. And it starts with the church. Starts with us. We need to change that environment. That man, marriage is important. It's a wonderful gift that's given to us by God. And now understand, I have friends every week that have gone through divorces, they've lost marriages. I, I get that. I understand that. I understand that a marriage can fail because of abuse or infidelity. And there are times there's just nothing that you can do as a spouse. I get that. Know this. That God can redeem any situation if you continue to surrender yourself and your situation to God. He can redeem. Just like the woman at the well. What a beautiful story. Where the woman at the well, basically, she was in a place of death, basically. I mean, if you think about it, you hear about her story. She was looking for love in all the wrong places. That's the song that goes with that, that story. Looking for love in all the wrong places. And Jesus comes to her and gives her, what, living water, 
where she would thirst no more. Basically, you set her free from what she was searching for because all of a sudden he showed himself to her and she began by, remember, she honored him. She went to all of her neighbors and started talking about this prophet. That was when she started honoring Christ. I believe her life was changed. And I believe your life can be changed when you step out in faith. Faith can change your current circumstances because God is a God who redeems. Honor God and honor marriage are the first two steps in a healthy and vibrant marriage. The last thought I want to share with you today is this. Honor your spouse. Honor God, honor marriage, honor your spouse. Honoring your spouse is different from honoring the institution of marriage or the idea of marriage. I've watched people who think they are honoring or valuing the institution of marriage, but they have no honor or value for their spouse. The Apostle Peter writes these words in 1 Peter 3, 7. He says, in the same way, catch those words, in the same way. You husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift, in God's gift of new life. Treat her as you should so your prayers will not be hindered. Notice how the verse begins. In the same way, meaning that both husbands and wives are called to honor one another. The Apostle Paul writes, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. It should be our delight to honor someone. It, we should have a delight where we show value to someone else. If you want a great friendship, honor that person. If you want to have a great spouse, honor that spouse. If you want to have a great child that you raise, honor that child. Do you see where I'm going somewhere if you want to serve a great God, honor God. Amen. That's the first and number one priority. Because when you honor God, you appreciate all the other gifts that he gives you through that process. I've seen husbands and wives, and I'm, I'm, if I'm stepping on toes, just don't look up right now, okay? Because I won't look up either. <laughs> Who are sarcastic towards one another. They belittle one another. They speak down to one another. What are you doing? That spouse is God's gift to you. See, you look at it the wrong way. But we've, in society, we've called it the wrong way. Oh, that old ball and chain. Every country music star is a great, or every country song is a great hit because they talk about marriage. And what marriage is not. I left all my exes in Texas and all those kinds of songs. You know what I mean? They make great sing so songs like that. Society loves that stuff. I'm telling you guys, we need to switch it around. Amen. We just need to switch it around. We need to say, okay, I know it's funny, that's humorous, but man, I have the greatest marriage in the world. I have the greatest spouse. I have the greatest wife. You wouldn't believe how good she is, how hot she is, how wonderful she is. Woo! You got to believe, man. And you start talking about it, and guess what? You're elevating the gifts that God has given you. You're honoring it, and it becomes valuable. Honor. God's design of marriage wasn't for us to point out each other's weaknesses. Whoa! That hit hard. Yo! Let me say that again. Maybe some of you need to write that down. Maybe on your mirror at home. God's design of marriage wasn't for us to point out each other's weaknesses. 
find it for me in the scripture and show it to me, okay? It's not. It was actually to build one another up. It was actually to strengthen one another. It's the opposite of that. God is calling us to do is to lift one another up. God wants us to honor our spouse. I don't think that you can honestly honor marriage if you don't honor your spouse. It's a simple life hack that can bring greater joy and happiness in your marriage. Here are just a few practical ways whereby we can honor one another. These are things, this is not an indefinite list, this is not the, it's just things I was thinking about as I was just praying and studying for this marriage. How, you know, we can talk about honor, but then what's the practical way of how we honor? Here it is for you. Stop talking negative about one another. Stop it. Proverbs 18.27 or 18.22, and Steve just shared this about Veronica. He said, he who finds a wife finds what is good. He who finds a wife finds what is good. Why would you ever talk negative? Learn to respect one another. That's a good one right there. Learn to forgive each other. Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other. Why do we forgive each other? Because just as Christ forgave you, Christ forgave you, you don't have it. Can I tell you something? If you're following God, if you're following Jesus, you don't have any other options but to forgive. Just take it, unforget it, just take it off the table. It's not, as a believer of Jesus, you don't have another. How many, how many times must I forgive Jesus? Peter asked the question, 70 times 7. What? 70 times 7? Yes, Peter, 70 times 7, indefinite. Don't start counting 70 times 7. Okay, what is that? Okay, no, I've been married 33 years. And I, I have to get close to that. No, 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 no. What the scripture is talking about, it's indefinite. You continue to forgive because Christ continues to forgive you. His grace not only covers your past, your present, but His grace covers your future as well. It's a continual forgiveness because you're following after Him. In our marriages, we need to be quick to forgive one another. I could preach a whole other message right there, but I'm really holding back and not doing that right now. Learn to put others first. How do you honor your marriage? Put your wife first. Put your husband first. Marriage was never designed to be self-serving. Marriage was designed to be self-sacrificing. That was good. I'm not going to repeat it. Stop playing a victim role. I'm not talking about abuse. If you're in a relationship that's physically or emotionally abused, that's not what I'm talking about. But stop taking a victim role in the sense of this. Stop blaming your spouse for your problems. I'm stepping on a lot of toes today. Ouch, my toes are starting to hurt. Stop blaming your spouse for your problems. You're never going to resolve your problems until you own up to those. You honor your spouse by owning up to your own issues. You start living by those things that you can start setting yourself free. Stop playing the victim role. Learn to celebrate together. I like that one. How do you honor? Learn to celebrate together. Stop looking at the negative. Stop focusing on all the little. Start celebrating. Man, look what happened today. Start changing the environment of your home. Man, honey, 
you look hot today. She just got done running. She's all sweaty. She's dripping. Man, you look hot. Honor. Learn to listen and communicate together. Communication starts by hearing. In a relationship, if you're not listening, you're not communicating. You might think you are, but if you're doing all the talking, you're not communicating. Communication requires listening. Be polite to one another. That's another way you honor. Show politeness. Man, when I grew up, there was, you had it. I had to take an etiquette class. Did you know that? Back in school, do they have those things now today? Do you have, is there anything called an etiquette class in school today? Okay. Kids, any kids taking an etiquette class yet? Yeah, okay, no, I didn't think so. It was just showing politeness and kindness and goodness and all those kind of things. And, you know, one of the ways we honor our, our spouse is just by being polite, being kind. As I conclude today, I want to remind you that research, research states happily married people live longer. Grace had a great marriage. Grace back in the corner. She was happily married. They had a church in Rome. She's my example today because she's today, her birthday, 97 years old. Grace, happy birthday. 97 years old. Still loving God, still honoring God, still serving God. Grace has been a person that since we came in this, set foot in this church, Annette and I, she encourages us every week. She says a good word to us. She shares with us. Man, I remember back when we planted our church there in Italy. Man, Pastor Tom, I'm feeling what God was doing back then. So, such an encourager. Anyhow, going back to my message. Research states that happily married people live longer. On average, uh, on, on, on average they are physically healthier. Especially the men. Don't know why, but especially men. I think you women somehow keep us out of trouble. But I thought about that. I thought that really supports the whole idea of marriage. Because marriage was established by God to strengthen, not to weaken one another. It was to strengthen one another. There's proof right there. I encourage you to put this life hack into action and start honoring one another. Honor one another. Don't talk ill of one another. Honor one another love one another it's just an easy tool that you can put and that you can add to your life that will improve your marriage and you can do the same thing with another relationship or whatever if you're having a problem with your boss at work honor her honor him see what happens you never know what might take place amen Lord Jesus we thank you for your word today we thank you, God, that your word never returns void. And I pray today that the word that was spoken here might help and set some people free. It might be applied into their lives, into their hearts, into their minds. And God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that, Lord God, as this word was spoken, it would not share, it would not be condemning, but God, that it would give life. And I pray it in Jesus' wonderful name. And everyone said, Amen. God is good. All the time, He's good. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast because through your giving, we are able to provide these resources. For more information about South Coast, including service times and ways to give, 
please visit southcoastchristian.com. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. Thanks again, and may this week be filled with new opportunities where you can receive and share God's love.